Hello, hello, welcome, happy Sunday. You are here with Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. This is an exciting 10 part series where we talk about all things weightless. What, is, what does it mean to be weightless in our bodies, to be healthy and vital? What does it mean to be weightless in our spirits, to be uplifted? And today's show is not like any other show, because as you know, we always have a theme. And today our theme is going to be the medicine of marriage, the medicine of partnership. But wait, but wait, we need to get into our theme song first and have a word from our sponsors before we learn more about today's show. So sit back, get ready, and we are going to rock and roll. But first, let us hear what it means to be weightless. weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing. Weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous If only they could see you going through your paces It's amazing Hello and welcome back. Yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn, doubly board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine, as well as your master movement mindset and meditation coach, best-selling author and speaker. I am so happy to be here this day as I am on any Sunday when I join you, whether we're doing a pre-recorded show or a live show. And as always, we welcome your engagement and participation. We are going to have a word from our sponsor before we meet today's incredible super friend and extraordinary guest. As I said earlier, our theme today is the medicine of marriage, the medicine of partnership. And we are going to get into it right after this word from our sponsor. Morning. Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit is brought to you by Penn Global Visions, who bring you Mindset Mastery Rx, Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit, an online monthly membership program where we learn to pivot in the present. But now, let's return to our host, Dr. Carol Penn, with her super friend. Thank you so much, DM, for sharing that. Now, folks, let's get into today's show. You know me, I always enjoy bringing our superstar friends and our guests on camera as I share 
their biographical background. And today will be no vis no different as we have an expert, an expert on partnership and marriage here with us today. You're going to meet her. She is my special friend, superstar, Dr. Cree, as she is fondly known. But first, let's hear a little bit about Dr. Anokriya Trimble Johnson, D.O., a.k.a. Dr. Cree. She's board certified in family medicine, and she is the owner and operator of Brownstone Healthcare and Aesthetics in Birmingham, Alabama. Get excited. Yes, she is a Southern belle. She is also a public speaker, coach, and mastermind. In addition, her expertise is sought after most amongst women, specifically working wives. She is an innovator in the area of helping working wives obtain balance physically, mentally, and emotionally. Dr. Cree helps working wives get over life's hurdles and educates them on how to make sure that your career does not overshadow your husband, your brilliant kids, or your home life. One key thing she finds herself emphasizing is self-care and how despite if you are the hardest working women in show business, <laughs> in your business, you should not be the least cared for in your life. So listen, y'all, we are resonating. We are so on the same page. I'm so excited for my audience to meet you, Dr. Cree. I've felt so blessed to be a part of your recent Wifeology conference. You'll hear all about that. So welcome, Dr. Cree. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Thank you for having me. I loved your intro. You out there doing big things. Thanks for having a Southern girl. I'm sure they can't tell from my accent, but super Southern. <laughs> you know, so it is so fabulous that you have carried forth your ministry and I'm going to I'm going to call it as a ministry of getting yourself to talking to the working women of the world tell it I want I want you to tell a little two part story so first how did you get to be Dr. Cree board certified in family medicine and then how did this aspect of wanting to talk to working women emerge okay it's so funny that you call it a ministry because my dad's a pastor so i'm a pk um so as a kid we did lots of hospital visits lots he would go in my mom hated all things hospital so i said can i tag along can i go he says yes and Korea, you can go but don't ask any questions so i would go i see the catheter i see the cords and i say why you have that what's that and he's like we're going to pray and that's it. And I was like, no, but I want to know why they're in the hospital. So I started as a young girl learning and seeing medicine in action and knowing how prayer helped with um, ministry and healing and health. So it seemed only natural to want to go into the, um, the medical field. So when it came time for me to apply um, to, to medical school, I had an older doctor to say, check out a DO school. He called my dad and said, Pastor Trimble, have the little one to call Kansas City D.O. School. He said, they're looking to send people back to Alabama. And he said, I think that if she applies there, that it will be a good fit. And sure mm -hmm. enough, it is. I was able to do medicine, ministry, and, and move forth in that. But Dr. Carroll, oftentimes people think that as a doctor, all we can do is doctor. 
that all that means is going into clinic, going mm -hmm. to the hospital, seeing patient after patient after patient. When that's not the case, we have so many other gifts. You're a dancer, you're an artist, all of these things. And I just felt like I must have had something else inside of me as well. So I started my practice just out of residency here in Birmingham. And I got married like 30 days after starting my practice. No one told me that was a bad idea. The worst decision probably in my life. So we got I, I got married and I was on call. I was doing inpatient. I was doing outpatient. My husband traveled for work. So he was home a week, gone a week, home a week. And I'm in private practice. I love to work. I mean, working is my thing. So here he was traveling. Here I was working all the time. We were not putting in the, the, the nurturing that we needed into our marriage. I didn't care that he was traveling. He didn't care I was working all the time, which set up this big disaster, you know, like created a perfect storm for a disaster. So one day at my beloved place, I get this box of pictures. It's my husband's mistress sent me all these pictures of him and her. She just wanted to know that she found out about me and that I would like to know about her. At my beloved office, my place that I felt was this most sacred place. We'd only been married two years. And I'm like, how did I mess this up? How did we miss? How did we miss this? You know, and I realized then that as women and working women, I had no one I could call. I had no one that I felt comfortable saying I'm in this situation. We decided we were going to go to counseling and try and get to the bottom of it. What we were doing wrong or right or whatever. And I realized that I couldn't have been in this alone. I couldn't have been a doctor that was struggling. It had to be some lawyer, some teacher, some other women in the world that were struggling, maybe not necessarily with infidelity, but with something in their marriage and that they felt like they had nobody to go to. So we did counseling for six months and no one knew. I was leaving. I love Jesus in church. I was going. I told my staff, I'm going to church. I'm on a prayer ministry. I'm going to church two, three times a week. So I held all this in my heart. And as we began to get healing, I'm like, somebody else has to be going through this as well. Not necessarily just this, but infertility, loss, family issues, you know, kids dying, parents getting old and dying. All of these hurts that because you're a doctor somebody or because you're judge somebody or you're this title that you're not supposed to go through those things. So that's how Wifeology was birthed. Because of the issues that we had early on, we did the work, we overcame it. So somebody else needs to know that they could overcome as well. It doesn't have to be the end because I was over here doing what I wanted to do. He was over there doing whatever. And we were not doing anything together other than being married on paper. So that's how Wifeology was birthed. Wow. Wow. What a story. Thank you so much for sharing that and that that vulnerability and mm -hmm. again i don't think that is easy to say or share mm -hmm. and where do you find the strength to be that vulnerable and to share your story because i know there's somebody who is going to hear this see this and receive this but they haven't spoken on it as yet. So yes. what becomes available when you are able to speak on the thing that highlights the disruption? 
So I think that there is so much freedom that um, that becomes of it. So I, um, we did Medical Moguls Academy and I did my book was Ten Commandments of the Working Wife. And when we did our book release party, I told the whole story like and my husband was in the other room like I cannot believe he told the whole world. And it was like, it was like, I just cannot believe I knew that you were writing this book, but I just really didn't know. And I was like, when I remember that night it was like Valentine's Day. Why did I have to release my book on Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's Day? And so we were going to Alvin Ailey. They were in Birmingham and he was driving and he was like, I was so mad at you today because you told the whole wide world the worst thing that could ever happen to us. And he said, and I got in this car ready to just tell you how I felt. He said, and God convicted me so much and said, Well, you did it. You didn't care, you didn't care who knew when you were doing it. So if this is her way to heal and to help other women and other relationships and other couples to get through this, why why should she not tell it? Why is this not something that you both don't, you know, have conversations about? And so he apologized because he felt that way. He was like, but it was more of me being embarrassed. He was like, but we lived it. We did it. We got over it. It is not a sore spot anymore because we did so much work. It is a story on how to overcome and you, you can overcome as well. So I think that when we have done all the work six months and we go in for checkups with our therapist to make sure I know things to look for. The pandemic was hard for our marriage. So I knew to pull him close because you got these wounded men and we have wounded women who are still kids in the inside. And you wounded about something from nine years old that as a wife, you have no clue what your husband's still wounded about. So I learned all of these things that helped me to love him in a different way and to show him that I love him and to say, well, that's not me. Like, I'm not your father. I'm not trying to leave you know those kind of things so once i got to the why of what happened it it, it was a game changer because first of all it wasn't my fault well i kind of wasn't paying attention i didn't even know it was i missed all the red flags because i was working so but i also realized that it was a journey that he was on things that he had to get to the bottom of and once as women we say that the the medicine of, of marriage and all of that we got to have healing we don't get a lot of healing in the beginning when we first get engaged because it's fun. We're planning a wedding. We're excited. We're planning a wedding. We're not planning a marriage. So our premarital counseling sucked. <laughs> you know, we didn't know it sucked then. And a lot of these things would have come up sooner had we had good guidance in the beginning. And so I'm thankful that we had the, that early on to be able to stop and say, is this something we really want to do or do we just not know what to do? So we're getting married because we 30 something. We're supposed to get married. I'm ready to have a baby. Let's have a baby right now, right now, right now. But we weren't given the tools on how to stay married and how to survive. Oh, my goodness. So you just said something. I heard we were planning a wedding, not a marriage. Yep. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They plan a wedding, a party, and a celebration, mm -hmm. not a marriage. What is the difference now from your perspective? What do people need to be also working on while they're planning that wedding, while they're planning that celebration? How do people plan a marriage? I think if you're going to plan a marriage, Dr. Carol, you need to be doing your own individual counseling as well as couples counseling. And growing up in the church, we had church, you know, 
premarital counselor in the church. They weren't trained on any, you know, psychology, psychiatry, therapy. They just, you know, was church trained. So I think that that had, has its place. However, you need somebody who has the letters behind their name to get to the bottom of the trauma that you had as a child that's going to resurface in your marriage. That's going to inevitably, if you have to be intimate, is intimacy. You know, intimacy is into me. See, I hold a, can a mirror to him all the time. He's holding a mirror to me. I don't want to see me all the time. He doesn't want to see him all the time. But in marriage, that's what we're doing. So when we don't like what this person is showing us in the mirror, we need the tools to be able to cope because the answer is not necessarily to run all the time once we get to the bottom of the why. So having a real therapist, a real counselor, plus your Jesus or whatever your faith base is as well, I think that those tools together help you to go into your wedding season and plan for the marriage. So when it does get rocky, you can have somebody with some schooling behind their names to say, hey, let's call, let's call Doc because this is weird. Should we this should it be like this? Because I don't know about you, Dr. Carol, but my mama didn't give me any wedding advice, <laughs> any marriage advice. You know, it's like they've been married for 40 years. They look perfect. We just assumed we had just assumptions based on marriage. We had no true facts on anything. And now we do because we have we can go to therapy and it's not so taboo. Well, it's interesting because my parents were, were married till death do they part. My mom spent her career in psychiatric nursing and there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, real advice that I could follow, that I could sink my teeth into. I was raised more so with children should be seen and not heard, same thing, ask any questions. And, you know, and certain, certain assumptions, you know, my mom was exceptional in that she did have a career at a time when a lot of women did not have either an education or a career. Mm -hmm. And I observed her doing certain things like a certain price she felt she had to pay for having a career outside of the home and, and, and also certain old school things like my father, the house, as far as my father was concerned, didn't need to have a kitchen because he was waiting on hand and foot. He didn't know anything about going in that kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, and she would come rushing in the door and stand up at the stove with her coat on, you know, getting this food to the table. And I never quite understood exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, until many years later, you know, this was just part of a family tradition that was mm -hmm. passed down and she felt that she had to uphold it. And mm -hmm. I knew there were some friction points in the marriage, but nothing that was ever processed with any kind of outside help outside aid. So, you know, kind of left to figure it out on your own. Yeah. I know one thing I did choose with my wonderful husband, we did have premarital counseling for a year. Oh, that's real good. And that was very, very, very helpful because both of us had been married previously. So I was like, okay, none of us had gone into a previous relationship with the goal of, well, how badly are we going to mess this up? What think that we're going to be able to be successful this time around without some guardrails, without some mm -hmm. outside help mm -hmm. to help us develop insights so we don't step in it in the same way 
that mm-hmm. led us down to disruptive and disharmony in our lives previously outside mm-hmm. of our relationship. So mm-hmm. that was something that was really, really helpful to us. And I don't think it's that common where people aren't getting the help that they need. And I love what you said. Yes, whatever your faith-based community is, mm-hmm. come up with someone with some letters behind their name that does yes. have training in this, that can give some insight where there has been trauma, upset. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's been trauma and you don't even necessarily know that it's been you trauma. You don't even know. You don't, I think, and I think that's important because with us, he had no clue that it stemmed to his dad leaving and, and the expectation that dads don't leave. Your dad is not ever supposed to leave you. So if your dad leaves, why would anybody else stay with you? Like why? So it was like a self-sabotaging of sorts. Well, I'm going to mess this up so that you don't hurt me. You know, like, so we had this strange thing that we had to like get these walls down that weren't appropriate in my opinion weren't appropriate walls but it, i had i've had a dad my whole life you know what i'm saying so once you merge two different kind of people with two different lifestyles with two different um, country and we what's your mama standing at the stove that looks all too familiar because that's how we were raised as well his parents are from the city so we were like what in the world we try and merge two lifestyles and expect that it's just supposed to work when 50% of marriages don't, you know, so we're not doing a whole lot of good work in that because we don't know. And we're not taught, like you say, we're not taught anything in the home about it. You just are supposed to get married and have children in that order. And, and that's kind of it in a Southern tradition. However, I think that if we were to start telling our younger women, telling our girls, hey, do the work beforehand, you may realize you don't like him get out of it before you get there, you know, kind of thing. And so I think that we just are lacking on the conversations of being open and honest and talking about our hurts because I'm Dr. Cree. I shouldn't have any hurts. I'm supposed to be perfect in everybody's mind. And it's like, no girl, we all messed up. We just trying to, we're just trying to survive. And if we have a tribe to survive together and you realize in a room that everyone has had something. We can raise our hand and say, yep, that was me. That was my family. I've experienced that. You know that you're not alone and you're not being judged. Oh, yes. And I think that is so important to feel not alone, to know, truly know that. Have Mm -hmm. a place where you can reach out and reach in and say the thing that is hurting, say the thing that is troubling. A lot of us have perfectionism as lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We, are, we have a title, we have an education, and it looks like this from the outside. And at all costs, we need to keep that wall up and we need to keep that picture going when nothing could be further from the truth and we're being torn apart on the inside. Mm-hmm. And how many people, they stay in a relationship, they don't want it to come apart because they're embarrassed, they're ashamed. And I feel like if more knew there was a place to come, a community to come into, that a lot of those people and relationships could be healed. Because yeah. you can't heal in the place of shame Mm-mm. and in the place of guilt, in the place of a wounded self-esteem. Mm-hmm. One of the things I see in my patients, in my female patients, if a woman comes in and she is in any way emotionally wounded, 
whatever it is her diagnosis is or whatever it is that she's being treated for takes so much more work than Mm -hmm. any woman who comes in who has some sense of agency who Mm -hmm. has a more evolved or intact sense of self-esteem do you find that also in your practice oh yes and see that's why uh, also why once i was going through this time i was practicing And then I started seeing like all of these women that they were killing it in their game. You know, I'm the the head of Walmart here in this region. I'm, you know, this, the judge here. And I've been the judge for all these years, but we can't get your blood pressure down. You know, you're not sleeping at night. You really need depression medicine, but no one at work knows this because you're killing it. You've risen to the top. You're on the news, you know, news, you're on the newspaper, you're in the magazines but you're miserable at home because you're about to explode because no one knows the torture that you're going through with your spouse, with your partner, with your kids. I mean, nowadays, my Lord, trying to raise kids is a whole, in a pandemic, is a whole thing as well. So I was starting to see this theme. And a lot of times my prescription would be take two weeks off. I'll see you in two weeks. Send the FMLA papers, whatever. And then in two weeks, they'd be a different woman. Like, oh my gosh, I just needed a break. I needed a minute. I needed to just kind of decompress, not be Dr. So-and-so, not be attorney, not be judge, not be the boss and just decompress. And from there, I was like, it has to be a place for wifeology because it's not just me. It's a lot of memes out there. (laughs) So, So tell me, give us a little background and history of wifeology. But first, let me just dial it back a minute because people are listening to this conversation. Dr. Cree and I know each other. We have the same fabulous business coach, Dr. Dre on Birch. And that's how we connected through the medical moguls community. Mm -hmm. And this is a powerful community where doctors can come and we can find out what are our skills and talents outside of the hospital and outside the clinic. And Dr. Dre really coaches us into bringing these gifts and talents into the world. Hence, this Mm -hmm. is how we're both best-selling authors. Hence, this is how we have our shows and programs. And hence, this is how Wifeology, the conference was born. So how many Wifeologies have you had and what are the themes of Mm -hmm. your conferences? We had five. Can you believe that? I was a mogul in 2018 and I did my first conference um, then. So usually the, the theme is has been the same. We're talking about rest. We're talking about relaxing. We're talking about remembering and re- being rejuvenated. So these are the R's that a lot of working women negate. So we have, it's usually a three-day conference. On Friday night, we get together and kind of do a meet and greet, icebreakers, Women come from all over the United States, and it's always here in Birmingham. And then by Friday, they're kind of warming up, like, oh, I don't know you, girl. I seen you on Facebook, but I might, you know, we just kind of look, you know, we were nervous. We don't know how we're going to like each other. Um, all of the speakers are um, medical moguls as well. Dr. Carol's on our stage this year. Um, so, yes, so we um, have, we, we keep it in our community because we know that everyone has a gift to pour into it, even down to our DJ, who is an emergency physician by night slash DJ as well. So Saturday, we actually have the conference and we talk about self-care. We're talking about be, being parents to strong-willed kids. 
We talk about things from um, intimacy, how to change your day to night gear. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm working all the time, but I need to network. How do I make this daytime outfit change into something at night? We've had fashion shows. We have now the Wifeology Awards where the women in the community, they nominate one another for fun awards, most inspiring to most like to have sex in public and everything in between. <laughs> so it's very light and very fun. And so by the end of the second day, they've grown to be friends. They're connecting on social media. They're trying to see how they can work together. Mm-hmm. And that night we have After Dark with Dr. Lakeisha, where Dr. Lakeisha is an OBGYN and we have no media, no photography, and we learn all things about After Dark and intimacy and things our mama didn't tell us about, you know, because they weren't telling us about those things. <laughs> and then Sunday we end with a um, inspirational uh, message from a pastor slash psychiatrist. She's not a mo- uh, psychologist. She's not a mogul. Is she a psychologist? I think she's a therapist. But she's not a mogul, but the, the women really receive her well. And this year we had a dance, awesome dance from Dr. Carol to set that tone. Um, so we've done it over and over again, and it has been amazing. This year, we had about 75 women, and we tried our COVID precautions, so it was amazing. So if you don't know about Wifeology, check it out. Oh, my goodness. So are you planning Wifeology for 2023? Yes, we are. We uh, It's usually always the first weekend in June. Um, Dr. Carol, and we don't have a location or anything yet. Usually I just take uh, the next month or two off to kind of just take it all in and then get back in planning mode. But it will be in June and then all the details will end up being on our website, drcree.com. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and post that because people need to go on over to your website, get the information there. Our guests are always so generous. Dr. Cree is no different because this is an opportunity for you to check out what Wifeology is about, what Dr. Cree is about. And you can also, if you have questions, you can go ahead and email her at drcree at drcree.com. So for those that are listening on a podcast, if you want to email her, that's dr. K-R-E at D-O-C-T-O-R-K-R-E dot com. That's it completely spelled out. And of course, her website is www.D-O-C-T-O-R-K-R-E.com. So we want you to come on over there. We want you to visit. We want you to get to, to know her. So now let me ask you this. Now you mentioned about your best-selling book. And there's something about those 10 commandments. Could you take us through a few of the commandments for being a partner, for being a wife? Yes, I think some of the best commandments are the ability to say no. So thou shalt say no when you need to. Okay, so we it is okay to say no, ladies. I think that our lives we've set up for our kids, for extracurricular activities with the kids, for our jobs, that we feel like we always have to say no. Say say yes. Listen, no is a complete sentence. Practice it with me now. No. Just say no. <laughs> Just say no, ladies. So sometimes I think that saying no, Dr. Carol, even means saying no to ourselves, right? Sometimes we have to say 
no, Carol, I don't need to do that tonight. I don't necessarily need that third yoga uh, class of the day. I can just take a rest. So, so saying no to ourselves. And another thing is, I think that where our kids and, and spouses are concerned, that we need to make sure that we set some time aside for them. You know, that's your plan date night, things like things like that. Have a date night, but also have some time for your kids. My kid is always, she's so jealous. She said, you and daddy going out again. When can I come? I said, you just want to be grown so you can come to she's eight. So I have to make it a part of my Ten Commandments to say, I'm going to set some time aside for her so that she feels like this is our girl time. We're going to hang out, mm -hmm. but also going to have those date nights as well. So those are some of the few things, they're practical things that we've forgotten about because we're so busy working. We're so busy tending to other people that we're going to say, we're going to say no, we're going to set this time aside for our spouses, our kids, and for ourselves. Like we have to have mean time, quiet time, all of that. So those are some of the commandments that we dig into in the it's a very small book i usually have some on my desk but i don't but i will um make sure to send you a copy of the image so you can can share with your community so saying no mm -hmm. i don't think that that can be emphasized enough mm -hmm. we don't understand no as a complete sentence mm -hmm. we don't oh that's, I'm going to take that in for a minute. That is, mm -hmm. that is powerful. That is very powerful. Is there one or two others that you could share? These are such golden nuggets, golden nuggets. that we need to hear saying no, right? Yes, saying no. And then also that self-care is not selfish. So we're thinking all the time that, and, and that self-care means just getting a massage, just getting your hair done, just getting, no, 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 no. Self-care may be unplugging, journaling, spending the time with ourselves, but self-care is not selfish. Oftentimes we're guilted into feeling like anything that we do for ourselves is bad. Oh, I can't do that because that's for me. Mm, I need to spend the time with the kids. I need to do that. So that's a commandment in itself. That self-care is not selfish. Make sure that we embrace that and set aside your time. So Fridays are my time. When my kid was in daycare, I'll get up and put my scrubs on and take her to daycare and go back and get in the bed because <laughs> she was smart. If I went without clothes, she said, you must not be going. You must not be going to work today. You don't have on scrubs. So you do what you got to do, ladies, to protect your peace, even if that means dressing like you're going to work to drop your kids off somewhere to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the last one, Dr. Carol, is that should not like neglect your girlfriend's time. You know, once we're in our partner relationships, our, a lot of our friendships kind of take a back burner. But I believe in setting aside the time in this this day and age that may be virtual and saying, hey, girls, let's jump on Zoom to just kind of everybody BYOB, bring whatever you want to um, your drink, bring your own beverage. And then we're just going to sit and catch up and be there in that moment. Or if you're local, let's get together, have lunch, have brunch, because there is such a ministry in pouring women pouring into women. You know, I'm going to fill you up. You fill me up. Girl, your hair looks good. Your makeup looks good. We're cute. And accept the accept that compliment. You know, instead of saying, girl, nah, -uh, this is not the right tone of my hair. It could be better. Just take the compliment, ladies, and just bask in and say thank you, period. You know, yes. enjoy the compliment. 
Yes. Thank you is a complete sentence as well. Yes, ma'am. And thank you without deflecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like we have this mm-hmm. negative Nancy sitting in our head that yes. if someone offers us something by, oh, your smile is beautiful. Oh, I love your lipstick. Oh, we got to say, oh, go into a whole story about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, what is that about? And again, you know, not you know, honoring self and truly loving self. Somehow many of us got that message Mm -hmm. that we are not supposed to be in love with self. And that we, we have, again, it's almost like being busy as a lifestyle. Yeah. Busy for busy sake, you know, not taking the time out. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. We could, talk forever about this. I'm going to share a quick little story. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break to have a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back in and wrap this up because I do want to get into some of the current events, things that are going on today. Okay. So everything that you've talked about, about saying no, about self-care, about spending girlfriend time, I am so glad to report that I just am coming off of a sister cousin birthday retreat. I had a cousin turning 60. She invited eight girlfriends to come down. Well, seven girlfriends to come and celebrate with her to celebrate this milestone birthday, a three-day celebration. So we came, her birthday was on July 3rd. So, you know, a little 4th of July mm-hmm. uh, birthday baby. And, you know, in the past the past two years, the pandemic's been hard on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were several of us that had lost our, our mothers and loved ones during this time period. So it was really this opportunity, this time of healing to, to love on each other, to have deep discussion. Every day there was something that we did physically to uplift ourselves. We were also eating mindfully so that we were, you know, food is medicine, movement is medicine. So each day just building, building. And I'm so grateful that I didn't say, oh, I have all these things I need to do. (laughs) You know, this too busy lifestyle to, you know, to, to stop and make that time. And I feel that I've come back renewed, that I've come back able to better weather the storms and the changes of life. Yes. Because one thing we know, they're going to keep coming, yes. aren't they? Correct. It will. Changes it will are going to, to keep occurring. And those changes can be mighty uncomfortable. And if your cup is not full, how do you get through that? Yeah. How do you get through that? So listen, everybody, I know we could just keep this conversation going on forever. We are going to take a little pause here to have a word from our sponsor. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to get into some of the things and events that are unfolding today. All right. We'll be right back. Weightless and Mind, Body and Spirit is brought to you by Penn Global Visions, who bring you Mindset Mastery Rx, Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit, an online monthly membership program where we learn to pivot in the present. But now, let's return to our host, Dr. Carol Penn, with her super friend guest. Thank you. All right, Dr. Cree. It is time for us to go on into it. There's a lot going on in the world, isn't it? A lot. 
And now with what you know, as a businesswoman, Mm -hmm. as a physician, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, and now we have the backdrop of the an unfolding and changing, evolving pandemic. Mm-hmm. We have the recent changes that have come down in the law of the land mm-hmm. from yeah. our Supreme Court. We have global threats going on with a war inflicted upon the Ukraine by Russia. With mm-hmm. all of this go, going on, these which of these global events or local events, how do we how do we process this? How do we metabolize this within the context of being a loving partner, within the context of being a wife, being a husband? How do we move forward, Dr. Cree? I think one thing is being very aware, but not being obsessed, you know, because I, I come from the family that my parents watch the news at five, at six, at 10. Every time the news is on, they're watching it. So much so that my kid who's eight, like I said, she saw an election lady and she was that somebody was running for election. She was like, I just can't stand her. I said, what? I said, what do you know about her? She said, I saw her all on the news. She was just telling me all about what she saw on the news. And I was like, mama, she's eight and she knows all about who's running for Senate in the state of Alabama. So I think that we have to kind of set some boundaries that if that was something that we did before the pandemic was going on, we may need to dial back our news watching. You know, that may be local news and or global news. So say I may not watch the news five times in a day. Maybe we're just going to watch it one time and just get the news. So I think sometimes we can be overwhelmed with information and just flooded with information. But also don't bury your head in the sand and act like you don't know what's going on because, I mean, gas is high, food is high. We need to have some plans in place because there are shortages of things. So be mindful of what's going on. Don't be obsessed with what's going on and start thinking of plans that that may be COVID related plans. That may be, like I said, food shortages. And now in the event of Roe versus Wade, I'm just like. Let's have conversations with with your doctors. You know, if your child bearing age, what does that mean for you? Does that mean I want to be married one day? I'm not married. Do you get on long term birth control? So have some conversations with your doctor. If you've already had the babies you want to have, do you get your tubes tied? Whatever it is, these are very hard conversations. But we need to have the conversation. Or if that's knowing, what is the rule for my state? Because every state seems to have a different rule. So making sure that we're aware, but not obsessed. And if we start to have some anxiety, start to have some depression, start to have some feelings that we're not used to having, call a therapist. Remember, Jesus and therapy can coexist and they are all right together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because again, many people do take their community of faith as a substitute for everything. I'm with you, Dr. Cree. I am and both, not either or, Mm -hmm. or replacing the other. It is that community of faith. And because Mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, the God of my understanding created the therapist and the doctors mm-hmm. and the helpers and you know all the different roles that 
we see played in a community to be a part of that interconnected web so that, you know, again, you can move forward with your life. So we have the people that are a skilled mechanics. If your car is broken down, you take the car to a mechanic. You don't just pray about it. You take the car. You don't jump up at church. You take it to the mechanic. So when you're broke down, who, who is that community of helpers which were created by the master planner to mm-hmm. help you? Correct. You know, so you go to the therapist, you go to the doctor and you pray. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, and, and, you know, faith without work, faith it's without dead. action is dead, yeah, right? Dead. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, you need to see that that prayer with your feet. What, order your footsteps to where you need to go to the helpers in your community mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that you can walk in your God-given purpose in life. Yes. Yep. So as my grandmother would say, common sense is not common. So yeah. I think, you know, some of the, the common <laughs> sense messaging, and I'm so glad that Dr. Cree, you are sharing these things and saying these things because sometimes when the word comes from a voice of authority it lands in the ear a little bit differently correct mm-hmm. so maybe those that are, are listening as they listen to the podcast or watching if they're watching live might land in the ear a little bit differently a little bit differently Mm-hmm. You know, and again, with what we're seeing going on in the world, what would be your advice that you would give a young woman that's coming to you and saying, look, you know, I I, I, I want to get married right now. Mm-hmm. What, what does modern day marriage look like? And what advice would you give that young girl? So I think my advice to a younger woman who's interested in being married is, First girl, date yourself, know yourself. So I think that I had that pleasure because I did not get married until I was in my thirties. So I had all of my twenties. I got all the education that I needed. I got everything so that when it was time, I was all his and all the kids, you know, that they had my time and my attention. So my first thing is to date yourself, learn what you like, learn what you don't like. What kind of flowers you like? Girl, do you know what kind of flowers you like? Because if he come with red roses and you really like yellow, you might be a little disappointed. But you can say, this is a great gesture, but I really like lilies. Maybe he had never heard of that or she had never thought of that. So I think that once you date yourself and you learn who you are and whose you are, you will know how you want to be treated. You will know how to um, experience love in a very different way. And you can give love in a different way because you have dated yourself. Go ahead on and start therapy, even if you don't think anything's wrong, because, baby, something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Always wrong. You didn't think that that was strange, that you grew up like that, but it was something was different. So go ahead on and start the therapy so that you can be healthy, happy, and whole. So in yourself, you know that you've done the work, you know who you are, you know whose you are, you know what you've been through, you know things that are triggers for you, you know things that are not triggers for you. So by the time you get to that prince or princess that you like to um, spend the rest of your life with, there's no questioning you. 
Because when things happen and storms happen, as women, we first say, well, what did I do? Oh, no, no, no. Maybe it wasn't you. You've done the work. You know these things. You're journaling already. You're writing letters to the future you and to the past you. You're doing so. Do the work. So when they get there, you can say, I'm ready to do the work with you. Oh, but if you, sir, have not done the work on your own, you might need to do the work on your own. We can keep it light until he or she gets to the place where they need to be in knowing themselves. Once you know yourself, it's easy to add somebody else on. To, so we, you know you, I know, I know me. Now let's learn each other together. Oh, those are beautiful words of wisdom and mm-hmm. advice from our wifeologist, Dr. Cree, our expert in the house with us on this beautiful, beautiful morning. And again, this is a little bit outside of our, our topic, but you know, many, 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 not but, but and many, many, many also they want to be the wife, they want to be the partner, they also want to become a parent. How does one go about parenting against the backdrop of all that is going on today? I think that in order to be a parent in this time, it is going to take lots of help. Once again, we don't have, you know, we have our experience, but we don't have have true teachers. So I've learned that I don't know how to do math, second grade math. I don't know how to teach anybody how to read. (laughs) Those weren't my things. So I've learned that in order to parent well, you're going to need some help. You know, that may be a tutor. That may be a retired teacher. That may be someone, a retired principal. Surround your kids with people in education that can help them where you cannot. That's one. Two, your child needs a psychiatrist, a therapist. Go ahead on and sign them up. Start saving for that. My kid is eight. She has, she calls her therapist a her focus tutor since she knows what tutors are. <laughs> I have a focus tutor, mom, and she's going to help me get it together. Yep, baby. She keeps her meetings with them. Mm-hmm. So whether that's going to be talking through anxiety, because this this day and age, most kids are full of anxiety, whether it's COVID-related anxiety or from COVID situations, being at home for a year, yeah. anxiety, depression, ADHD, you name it. I think that we know so much more, so we're having to look out for so much more. I didn't know a lot of these things. The kids even had this when we were growing up, right? right. So just because we didn't know that it was there does not mean our kids won't get it. Your kid will probably get it just because you don't know about it. So having educators that you can surround your kid with to help in those areas that you don't know. And unless you're a teacher in that grade, you won't know. And having therapists that the kid loves and trusts and can talk to about any and everything. I think Dr. Carroll is the best I've got right now. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. You know, so again, really, really looking at who in our communities can help us be the best that we can possibly be at Mm -hmm. any given moment. So you do want to have a community of faith, if that's how you are participating, and to know what that community of faith can and cannot do. Again, Mm -hmm. we have studies about this that shows that there's lots of health benefits to Mm -hmm. being involved in a community of faith that is uplifting to you, that you feel Uh 
supported about that kind of feeds your soul and feeds your spirit. Mm-hmm. I have heard you emphasize from childhood to adulthood, have a relationship with a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with a child, it can be more so, so it's preventive. And we are still seeing at younger and younger ages mm-hmm. how our children are threatened and becoming anxiety ridden because they do hear and see what's going on in the world. And God knows even under the best of circumstances, they've just lived through a pandemic. So even though prior to the pandemic, you might've been able to shield them in certain ways. Well, no, that shield is off. (laughs) Yes. They had to live in a particular way in the last two years. And Mm -hmm. I also heard you say, look, that's second grade math and not my ministry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so if you need help with the schooling aspect, if your child has to be schooled at home, look into those online programs, look into those tutoring programs to take that stress over you so you can feel free to love them as a parent. And someone who knows and understands second grade math can help them with that second grade math. Mm -hmm. So again, looking into that community, the community of help and reaching in and getting the support that you need so that you can be freed up to do what you can do. You can love on them in that, in a way that they need. And it's not like I'm fussing all the time because I don't understand school. I'm yelling because I don't understand school. I'm yelling because you don't understand school. And now we have this. Now we really need the therapist. I need mine and she needs hers kind of thing. So I think that adding, yes, you're adding that along about the faith community is so important. And um, I didn't realize how important it was until my kid asked to start going back to church because, you know, we took the break from the pandemic and she said well mom I'm, I'm ready to go back to church and she has to get baptized she got saved during the during the pandemic and since she's been baptized she's been we've been back going to church um safely but you never know what is going on in our little, little kids heads and how important some of those things that we were doing regularly and, and even religiously how that impacted them and missing it because we want to be safe is impacting them just as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Meditation in a Time of Madness. It was really designed for parents and kids, teachers and kids, so that they could build those skills of resiliency and self-care at earlier and earlier ages. And with, you know, what we see going on with the gun laws and the lack of gun laws and all those kind of crazy, frightening circumstances that kids are being subject to through the news, they're getting this vicarious trauma. Mm -hmm. So they need to know, well, how do I keep myself calm in the storm until I could get the help that I need? How does a parent relate to a child or talk to their child? How can they breathe together? How can they pray together? How can they, you know, just 
do the best things, you know, eat well together, learn how to rest and sleep well under that household so they can restore normalcy in the household, even against the backdrop of the crazies that are going on externally and all around them. So yes, out of the mouths of babes, your little girl listen, oh, well, you know, yes, so. to go back <laughs> and have this experience. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. bravo for her and bravo to you because she's, she feels she can express that to you. Exactly. Exactly. And like you say, you both have your therapists and, you know, you know, to get the help and the support that you need. So you're free to love her in a particular way and guide her in a particular way. And then I also love, I can't leave this out for people that are contemplating going into a, a more permanent situation as far as relationship or marriage is concerned. <laughs> Date yourself. Date yourself. And I think that's true for male, female, however you identify. If you're getting ready to commit to a long-term relationship, the person that you need to know the best going into that situation is yourself. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So I, I want people to really take this in and really hear this. Date yourself. Know you. Do you. So then you're able to speak your truth with compassion. Say, no, baby, I see that. I appreciate that. But here's my love language. Correct. This is what fills my cup. And I understand that about me. What fills your cup? I want to know what fills your cup too, so that I can be a resource mm -hmm. for you for that. And then that's how you float each other's boats, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. evolve, evolve. Oh, it's so juicy and so wonderful. Listen, y'all, we got to get ready to get out of here today. I just want to make sure that people know where they can reach you so mm -hmm. they can start planning for Wifeology 2023 taking place in June of 2023. And they can learn all about you. They can email you if they have any further questions. Oh, and thank you. Thank you so much for our conversation today. Thank you for being you, for giving me an opportunity to be a part of Wifeology yes, and getting you. to know you. And Jay, I just love your husband and I love the energy that the two of you are bringing to the world together that says, yes, yes can heal. And on the other mm -hmm. side of the journey, there's strength, there's love, there's joy, there's beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So we're going to play ourselves out with our wonderful theme song again. And I'll see you back in the green room. All right, Dr. Green. All right. See ya. Thank y'all. Weightless, weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces It's amazing Weightless No matter what people say you're full of greatness Time you open up your eyes you work courageous If only they could see you going through your paces It's amazing You're full of greatness Time you opened up your eyes You 
were courageous If only they could see you going through your paces It's amazing